my next guest, you all know him. He's beyond WVON all the time. He had his own show on CLTV, and he's a professor now at Chicago State University, and his name is Gerard McClendon. Gerard, you're still listening to the Perry Small show. Perry, Perry Small. What's up, Perry Small and the WVON family? I'm honored I'm honored, blessed, and humbled to be on your show today. How you doing? Oh, I'm, I feel the same way about having you on this show. Uh, you you going to buy me a sandwich? Of course. <laughs> That's what you always ask to buy you a sandwich. I just I just need to ask you what, what needs to be on the sandwich. <laughs> Gerard, this is some really strange times we are living in, and everything as we know it has changed. Yeah. The only different, the only thing that hasn't changed, that it was this weekend that I noticed daffodils had bloomed, and it, yeah. that was the only normalcy I had in my life. I mean, had in my life this weekend, and I went. I I wasn't thinking, and I got slammed on Facebook because. I had Stanley Steamer come in and clean the carpets and clean the floors, and I didn't think about it. I should not have let strangers in my house. That's my safe haven. And so mm-hmm. in retrospect, I look back on it, I've been, I'm like, that was stupid. So I'm going to go home again today and disinfect everything because I had people in there to disinfect my house. So yeah. so tell me, I'm in teaching, how is this going to work? What is What is education going to look like after all of this? You know what, Perry, is so interesting that you mentioned the flowers blooming because that's normal for April, you know, and, and as, as Prince said, sometimes it also snows in April, which isn't normal. But here's the thing. In the age of a pandemic, it's a brutal trade-off to induce massive economic suffering in order to save human lives. But this is a necessity right now. Stay at home. We must learn to adapt. CPS and suburban schools are closed uh, and have moved to e-learning. All universities are have moved to e-learning and online learning, and that's exactly what we're doing at Chicago State right now. Online teaching is a must in the COVID-19 era. Um, we, um, you know, as far as my classrooms, like I'm teaching four classes this semester, okay. and, I, and I pretty much adopted, you know, like the Northwestern Kellogg method, University of Phoenix Walden, SNHU method. We create simple modules, Perry, so, okay. students, can, so students can navigate and complete assignments. Uh, you can do it through pack, packet data, through email, or you can use bucket learning, and I can explain those a little bit later. Okay. So, uh, all right, but go ahead. You just keep talking because I want to understand this because I've got a, a, a godson who is, you know, taking his classes on. He goes to Benedictine, so he was taking his his classes while he's playing his video games. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and so for schools that were equipped, uh, K through 12, as well as university schools that were equipped to move to online learning, there wasn't that great of an issue. Also, for schools who had students who already had technology at home, it wasn't that much of uh, of an issue. The issue comes with 
with te- with uh, teachers and with and with professors who do not know how to teach online. That's when things get problematic. Well, that, that, could, that should be really challenging for a teacher. I mean, how do you teach? You're used to being, you know, in 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 an assembly hall or or you know a small classroom. You know, you know the students and that sort of thing. That's people signed up to be teachers because they like that kind of interaction with their students. Absolutely, Perry Small, you're right. And I prefer to teach in a classroom or in a lecture hall because you get that interaction. You get that face-to-face, eye-to-eye contact. You can you can really bring out brilliant discussions when you're in a classroom. But for K-12, through you can move to Khan Academy. You can move to proximity learning. Uh, these uh, You can also move to Teachscape. These are platforms that allow for uh, e-learning. For college at Chicago State, we use Moodle. Uh, Moodle is an online platform used to create buckets and packets for students to get homework assignments as well as lectures online. Uh, uh, We make all assignments accessible and accessible readings, problem sets, quizzes. We can use Collaborate and we can communicate live through Google Hangouts, Zoom, GoToMeeting, Moodle, Big Blue Button, Skype, FaceTime. There's no excuse. You can teach asynchronously, which means you don't, you can send packets to students or you can teach synchronously where the students can actually see you and their classmates on their computer screen. So there are ways of doing it. Well, just say Moodle one more time. Yeah, Moodle, M-O-O-D-L-E. Isn't it a cute name, Perry? I love that, Moodle. (laughs) Moodle, just keep saying it, Moodle, Moodle. Moodle, Moodle. All right, so so did you have experience uh, teaching online? Because I'm thinking... This can be really challenging uh, for, you know, you've got a large household. Uh, there's you're at home working from home. The kids need a computer to work from, you know, to do their assignments. And you might have a college student. This can present some real challenges to some families at some point. Yeah, it could be tough. I mean, I've been I've been able to teach online since 2005. So like wow. 15 Fifteen years I've been able to teach online, so it's not a, really a learning curve for me. Okay. But, but for others, it could be very difficult. Once you're used to the platform that you want to teach in and use, you're you're fine then. Like you said, though, Perry, the problem comes when the student doesn't have adequate technology at home mm-hmm. or a broadband Internet connection is fast enough for them to do the work online. If a student doesn't have a tablet, a laptop, or a desktop, that is equipped, you're in trouble. If a student doesn't have a cell phone that's fast enough or that, that that's at least 4G, you know, uh, or with a Wi-Fi connection on a cell phone, that could be problematic as well. We saw that in CPS where they're trying to roll out 100,000 forms of hardware to students right. at a moment's notice. You know, that's a very difficult thing to do. And so it just shows you that in the age of a pandemic, Perry, we – Most people simply aren't prepared. All right, Professor. And and I believe it. I mean, it caught a lot of people off guard. But you know what I'd like to ask you, uh, and then I want to take some calls. How is this going to, how is this pandemic, this COVID-19, going to change how people learn and how those of you professors teach? So in the, 
in the interim, right now, it's horrible for a lot of people. However, I think that, Perry, there's an opportunity here. There's an opportunity to use technology to its fullest. We have the technology to teach online. We have the technology to spread information online. We have to be able to use the technology. I mean, University of Phoenix and Walden and Southern New Hampshire University, yeah. they, they have all online classes. So right. this isn't something new. This isn't like rocket science. This is something that can be done. But at Chicago State, thank God, we have a, a CTRE unit, uh, Center for Teaching Research uh, Excellence at Chicago State, where every professor on campus is required to be able to teach online. We've been trained. My name is Perry Small. We're with Professor Gerard McClendon. Uh, he's with the School of Education at Chicago State University. You reinvent yourself like every 10 years. You know, Perry, you have to, and it's so funny that you would say that because I always looked at you as my sister, uh, um, my, my sister in spirit and, and my, my sister in real life, and you know me better than I know myself. You're right, <laughs> Perry. We, Perry, we, a human being should be in a constant state of evolution. You never should get stuck because you don't know what's going to happen. Nobody knew this pandemic was going to hit. Nobody knew we were going to have a stay-at-home order. Now everyone's panicking. The question becomes, are are you prepared? Here's the thing. There are some uh, ants, Harry, ants, the insect. There are some ants that can live 12 to 15 years. Why? Because they get sugar on the surface and they take it under underground to the colony to feed the queen, right? Ants, 12 to 15 years, minimally four years an ant can live. A grasshopper lives one season. Why? Because it's got big legs and it's jumping around, but it's not saving food. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so here's the thing. The question becomes, Perry, to the WBO ant family, are you an ant or are you a grasshopper? Okay. Well, that's a good question. Uh, the telephone number is 312-374-8130. How do you think life is going to change for all of us after uh, this pandemic of COVID-19? We've been talking to Professor Gerard McClendon, and we're talking about how we educate ourselves and how our children will be educated, how it's going to be different from now on. And this is just through technology. Thank God for the technology that we have. You know, I've been looking at, um, you know, my, my news shows and watching how um, the news will forever be different. For example, I think, Gerard, that you're not going, they're not going to be big buildings anymore like the ABC and Radio City and that sort of thing. They don't need that kind of real estate. They're going to look at the bottom line and say, we don't need to, you, you all to come into the, um, into the studio. Uh, we don't need all these people making this high salary and that sort of thing. It's, gonna, it's going to be really different and uh, I'm, I'm going to pay close attention to it but I want to go to Art's call. Art, thank you for your patience. Go right ahead. Hey, good morning young lady and hello to the young man. Thank you. All right, is it, is it, I can comment on the previous conversation and this current conversation okay, real go quick. go right ahead. Okay, um, first of all, I think this is uh, fear-mongering with this whole thing that black people are getting more or they're acceptable more, or black people are so dumb when they go to the grocery store, they don't know how to buy the proper foods to eat, and somehow they have to put laws and things in place. I, I think that is, is doing a 
very disservice. If we get back to community codes of conduct and family values, then a lot of these situations we wouldn't have any problems with. People know how to get on the Internet and research the proper foods to eat and the things that we should and should not do. And those who decide not to do that, then they have to accept responsibility for their own and choices. So I don't think we should use uh, this is somehow it's going to because you poor or don't make a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars, or somehow that you you are less intelligent to understand the proper foods you eat. This is all personal responsibility that I hear, and we somehow we always shift to some type of conspiracy. But going we on are doing better. Room. But I'm going to say this, and Gerard, you can jump in this too. Um, I think that for the most part, we are doing so much better. Um, African-American people, we're doing so much better in, 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 in our eating habits, um, just about how our lifestyles. Would you agree, Gerard? I think we are doing so much better. Here's the thing, though. Knowing what to do and then executing what to do are two totally different things. The average person knows how to eat, what to eat. Does the average person eat correctly? No, because they choose not to. You may have a tendency to choose a soda pop over a glass of water. Mm-hmm. You know which you know which one's better for you. Right. But 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 that soda tastes so sweet. Yeah. And you think that you just have to have it. So see it just it just like in teaching. When you have a lesson plan or a unit plan, you have you may have a five-day unit plan consisting of five days of lesson plans, but you don't know if the child has learned until there's a behavioral change. There's a, there's a learning objective and a behavioral objective. I can tell you something, and, t- and you, you'll know that I learned it, but until I can demonstrate what I learned, I can't prove to you that the behavioral objective has kicked in. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to the social contract, for instance, the social contract states that you take care of yourself, put the face mask and the oxygen on yourself before you help anyone else. Right. The, the, however, with the social contract, the social contract is based on morality, and some people still haven't don't have their morals in check. You know, we, you know this. We are going through a paradigm shift in this country. Oh, because, there are people be, that are spitting on people that are working in the grocery stores and that sort of thing. I, I've never see, seen such reprehensible behavior come out of some of these it's, people. It's disgusting. And see, the service industry, they're the first line of defense. I mean, service industry workers are suffering right now. Medical workers are suffering right now. They're they're bearing the brunt of not only being mistreated by the public, but they also have to deal with the with the pandemic, you know, with with possibly becoming infected. And so, you know, I think people know what to do. The bottom line is, will they do it? Let's go to Dan. Dan, (laughs) thank you for your call. Go right ahead. Perry, and hello to Professor McGlendon. Yeah. All right. God bless you now. Okay. Uh, I wasn't going to call, but I got a little pissed off at that last call. Uh, when talking about fear mongering, fear mongering in this particular issue is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, first of all, black people are overrepresented in the service industries, as you pointed out, Perry. Right. We're overrepresented in the cities, as most people know. We have more diabetes. We have more heart conditions and, and all those other conditions, underlying conditions that, that a lot of us die of. We go to the doctor less than anybody else. We smoke more than anybody else. We sit on our butts and watch TV more than anybody else. Now, I'm not using what I think. I'm not going to attribute this to family values. I'm going to attribute this to 
us not doing what we need to do to get out of this, some of the situations that we're in, it stands to reason that any disease that comes through, you don't have to engineer a virus that specifically, as Siddiqui pointed out, even though I, you know, I, I agree with part of what he said. All you have to do is engineer something that attacks underlying conditions that many of us are overrepresented in. Mm-hmm. So to say this is fear-mongering is totally missing the point. You better mm-hmm. be fearful because people are dying. And when I saw the yeah. two the two people at the same, two black men, 48 and 51, yep. worked at the same Walmart on 95th and Evergreen Park, that that was scary for me to hear that I, on Friday. I have a 40-year-old relative now that just had an, uh, two brain aneurysms. Mm. You know, mm. four years old, 40, about 45 years old. Mm. Just, you know, yeah. and to say this is fear mongering, I think that that does a disservice to just, just common sense. And then also, um, gentlemen, both of you, we live, there is um, environmental racism going on. They oh, don't, yeah. you know what I'm saying? A I'm whole other topic. Just the filth that I see topic. on the Dan Ryan will tell you that, they, that there is a problem. Have you ever seen the Dan Ryan that's filthy? Yeah, I'm telling you. I've never seen this. I've never seen the city this um, this filthy, and it wouldn't happen in any other community because everything north of Thirty Fifth Street is pristine. Listen, mm. Gerard, it was so good to talk to you again. Um, I hope you, you and your family stay well. And I would take your class if I could, you know, get on a program called Moodle. Oh yeah, you can get on Moodle. It's a massive online connection. You know, it's the power of telecommuting, the power of teaching online, Perry. You know, there's no traffic. You know, but I but I still feel for the service industry workers who yes. have to go to service every day. You know, and right now it's the time in the age of a pandemic, Perry, where talent is being tested. What are you worth? That's did right. You get it? Did did are you an ant or are you are you a grass? And real quick, Gerard, I was going to ask: Do you think people are going to reassess? The, the type of work that they're going to be doing now going forward and what kind of education they need to start doing something. I imagine there are going to be a whole lot of people looking to get into um, the medical field in some way or another. Most definitely. You have to reassess and you've got to get educated. You know, now is the time. Uh, you should have done it before, but like I always tell my students, four years is going to pass anyway. Four years might as well pass. You might as well have a degree. All right, then. Thank Keep you. Keep it moving. All right, then. And tell your wife I said hello. I appreciate you being with us. And don't be a stranger.